Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. About a decade back, I used to work at a brewery or a pub. It was set in a pretty big and old building from the early 1900s. I worked there for a couple of years, and most of the time it was pretty chill, but backbreaking at times too. On my time working there, I had two experiences that I can only describe as supernatural. The first one, it was a particularly late night, and I was tasked with closing up the hangar and loading docks. Closing it up was basically making sure that there wasn't anything obstructing where the trucks would park, stacking up any loose crates, turning the lights off, and locking it all up. I was about done too, so I turn off the lights and as I'm making my way to the door, a a beer bottle comes rolling towards me from the dark between the tall stacks of the crates. It wasn't forceful or anything too, it sort of looked like someone gently placed it on the floor and rolled it towards me. I didn't think too much of it though, so I picked up the bottle and placed it inside a half-empty crate. I turned around and as I started walking another bottle comes rolling from the same place then another one and tired and thinking that it was a co-worker trying to mess with me I shout hey all right you got me come on I gotta close up I expected to hear laughter or something but instead it was dead silent I waited for a couple of minutes too turned on my flashlight I truly believed that somebody was there and started looking around the stacks or the crates for what I thought it would be a giggling co-worker. But after searching each corner, eventually I just had to give up. I admit that I was a little bit weirded out at this point, but I just picked up the two bottles from the ground and placed it in the same crate as the first one. I turned off my flashlight and shouted at the darkness, Alright, I'm looking up, see you tomorrow. Just as I finished saying that, A crate full of bottles fell from one of the stacks and landed two feet from me, glass shards and beer exploding absolutely everywhere. And that, I have no idea how it happened. The next day I told my boss about it though and he said that it was probably a rat. The thing is though is that 
Those crates, when full, probably weigh 20 pounds at least. How a rat could throw it like that is just impossible. Talking to my co-workers too, they told me that they've also experienced weird stuff during the closing hours down there. Anyway, my second experience happened again when I was closing this place and this time I was closing the pub. So when closing the pub, the last thing that you usually do is restock the walk-in freezer. The freezer is probably just as old as the building itself to be honest and it sits underground right beneath the bar. I was down there filling that enormous thing with kegs and crates and being a very old freezer from a time when safety wasn't a big concern, the thing doesn't open from the inside, no handle, nothing, just a, a flat plain steel door. So I did what I always did when I had to go inside that thing. I put a keg securing the door open. And I was about halfway through that task when I hear the door slamming shut. I rushed towards the door, but it was actually locked shut. I started pounding on it, but the only other person there was my boss in the office, two floors above me, probably with the door closed. I tried my phone, but since I'm locked underground inside of a steel and lead box, I had no service. I was wearing only jeans and a t-shirt, so things were getting chilly pretty quickly. My face was going numb and my hands were getting stiff, and I made a blanket out of cardboard, but it was doing very little keeping the cold at bay. The only reason I didn't freeze to death, though, was because I had a date with a regular and she went there looking for me. She asked my boss where I was and when he couldn't find me, he went to the basement and found me inside the freezer. I was there for about 45 minutes when he found me and I was starting to consider writing a letter to my parents and drinking myself to sleep. My boss, he installed a chain to keep the door open after that, but I refused to ever walk in that death trap ever again. But the weirdest part was that the keg that I had holding the door open... It was now at the other side of the room when I got out. It was a full steel keg, mind you. Not something that can just slide away, let alone quietly. Anyway, in the end, I, I stopped working there shortly after for unrelated reasons, but it's something that has always stuck with me. This happened to me recently. I was walking my dog and we were walking down the street of the neighborhood that I live in. I heard an owl making a typical noise and I walked further with my dog through the neighborhood with the owl assumingly constantly moving with us, even though there were no real trees around. But I followed the sound further because I have a personal connection to owls, I just really like them. After many direction changes, I found myself down at the forest edge. When I arrived there and I was standing before the dark entrance, the sound of the owl was now gone and in place of it, a sort of creepy crawling noise could be heard, which was faster than it should have been and it seemed to be coming in my direction, coming from deep inside the woods. Then I heard the owl again hooting from the direction that the strange approaching crawling sounds were coming from. My dog became terrified at this point and started threatening whatever was lurking in the darkness by barking at it. At this point though, because the crawling became even faster and more unsettling, I sprinted backwards around 30 meters and I turned around to see if something was behind me. And I 
heard the owl again, but this time it sounded different, as if someone was calling my name to come back. When I told my dog to calm down as I was running home, a distorted laughter was what I heard coming from the forest, and it didn't really sound human, but after that I just ran for home and I locked all the doors as soon as I got there. It was nighttime at that point and I just tried to get some sleep, but I don't know what the heck that was. I, an 18-year-old female, met my ex, male, 22, in February of 2020, but didn't end up dating him until closer to my 17th birthday because he still lived with his girlfriend. He told me that they were just friends and he didn't like her like that, and I didn't find out until later that they were actually still doing things together, and meeting him was absolutely the biggest mistake of my life. Everything started off great though, as every relationship does. I sent pics because he was my boyfriend, so, you know, and of course I let him save them for later use. Another big mistake. But I noticed that they were still texting, and when I went through his phone, he was saying that he still loved her and missed her. I was deeply hurt by that and called him out on it. He apologized and said that it would never happen again, and... I told him to text her that we were dating and he did. And she was ticked. She stopped paying for the house and helping him with car payments and at this time he had quit Taco Bell and refused to do his new job Ubering because I need to practice League of Legends because I want to be a pro league streamer. So I worked my tail off and ended up losing my job because the manager didn't let me work without a doctor's note so I was stuck working his job while he played his games. Before I met him I had 4.5k in my savings. He ended up using my car to pay his phone bills, car payments, the apartment, daily weed, fast food, new league accounts and CSGO knives of all things but he kept losing his accounts due to telling people to off themselves and using all sorts of slurs, as you can probably imagine. But the worst was yet to happen. I found out that he was using an old tablet to excessively watch explicit material, set up dating accounts, and have different Instagram accounts. But on these accounts, he was pretending to be a woman. I called him out about this and told him that I wanted to leave. He freaks out, jumping around and screaming and crying, saying that he would change and I trusted him. I know, stupid. But as time went on, things got worse and I was scared to leave and by the end of this, you'll see why. He had shoved me into a wall and getting in my face screaming, you stole my car key because you don't want me to work because you're jealous of other girls, which was stupid because he had thrown his car keys at me during a different argument. But one day I went through the iPad and found that he was actively not just sending but selling my pictures from when I was 16 or 17 and doing the same with his other ex. I started to try and get my stuff together and put Gorilla Glue in the charging port to just get rid of the filth that I just saw. When he found out that he'd no longer charged after he used my card to get us food, he was absolutely livid. He started screaming and getting in my face. I tried to go around him and grab my things, but when my back was turned, he pulled me down to the ground, wrestled me till he was able to put me in a chokehold. 
I was sobbing and just accepted that this would be the end of me, but before I blacked out, he let me go and I started gasping for air and gagging from excessive coughing as he just stood and laughed at me. I tried to crawl away from him when he grabbed my leg and started dragging me out of the apartment. I kicked to try and get him off of me, which just made him pull me like a dog playing tug of war, but he eventually dragged me out, keeping my wallet, keys, and all of my valuables, so I sat crying, begging for my stuff so I could just go home. He came outside and pulled me down the apartment stairs by my leg, and I was left with extreme bruising and also some cuts. I did end up calling the police, obviously, and they did absolutely nothing in the end. Fast forward and he had to move because he had nowhere to stay or live after getting evicted from the apartment and I had gotten a new job at this point. One day though it was particularly cold and I went to get a shirt out of my car and there he was. He was sitting in my car on his phone. I left the door unlocked usually because I worked in a good area. I called him a cheater and told him to leave and he got out of the car and was starting to go around the back so I jumped in and tried to lock the door from the back seat. He ran over and pulled the door open and started trying to pull me out of the car. I started screaming and kicking at him. Thankfully a customer saw this happening and called the police. They arrested him and told me to go home for the night which they ended up firing me for unfortunately. Also unfortunately he got bailed out and while he was in jail, he had given out my phone number to other people there. Then he walked four and a half hours to my house after he was released and was looking around my backyard when my neighbor saw him and called my dad. My dad got in his truck with his gun and waited for him to come out of the gas station. He eventually did but ran off and he wasn't shot. He had harassed me saying that he was going to show up to my graduation and ruin everything and has gotten to the point of making multiple fake accounts on Snapchat, Instagram and TikTok pretending to be me and his other exes. And as of today, he still pretends to be high school girls selling our pictures and making fake accounts. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. 
With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. I was 12 years old at the time, in the 6th grade and living in the South. At that time, the town's population was around 20,000, but when the local university was in session, it would nearly double. It wasn't a place where everyone inevitably knew everyone else, but if you played 20 questions with each other, you could undoubtedly find people that you both knew. My single mother and I lived in an apartment downtown and had been there for around 8 months. It was summertime and as she worked and attended college, I was usually home alone during the day. It was the early 90s. About halfway through the summer, a girl from my school, Maria, moved into a house about a block away from us. I didn't know Maria that well and it wasn't until she moved in that I really started spending a lot of time with her. I didn't know her parents and they didn't know mum. And when this event occurred, we'd been hanging out for maybe a couple of weeks. You know, riding bikes and going to the library together. Her mother and stepfather worked all day too, so we were mostly alone. When one day I was at her house when her mum was home, Maria and I were out in the yard when her mum came to the door and hollered at me. She was like, hey, did your dad ever manage to find you? And which to me was super weird, so I was like, what? Yeah, she said. Your dad called here a couple of days ago and asked if you were at our house. He said that he couldn't find you. I was sort of stunned and had no idea what she was talking about. To Maria's mum, a virtual stranger, the call probably made sense. I mean, to those who knew me though, it was pretty wild. The actual people who knew me knew that my dad didn't live with me, had never lived with me in fact. He lived a, a couple of hours away in a different county and at that point in my life, I could count the number of times that he had been to my house on one hand. But there was no animosity or drama there. He could see me whenever he wanted, but we were not close, I guess you could say. He'd never been to the town in which I was living either. I hadn't seen him in probably six months, and seeing as how we didn't have a phone, we hadn't recently spoken either. He had no idea Maria even existed. He'd never met any of my friends. My mum hadn't even met Maria or her parents. So I was a little freaked out and asked, are you sure it was me that he was looking for? She was like, yeah, she said. He'd apparently recited my full name, middle and all, and described me even, including my recent haircut and glasses. My dad had never seen my glasses, didn't even know that I wore them. I'd only had them for like a week. She said that he asked if she knew where I was, that he couldn't find me and that she told him to try my apartment. He'd apparently said okay and then just hung up. And well, of course, I went straight to a payphone and called my dad as soon as I left. And of course, he had no idea what I was talking about. In fact, it bothered him too. To this day, I have no idea what that was about. Was it a prank call or somebody coincidentally looking for their daughter of the same name and physicality and Maria's mum thought that it was me or... Like some guy actually trying to abduct or stalk me or something. But in that case, 
how did he know to call Maria's house? He would have needed to know Maria's parents' last name for one thing, and her mother had remarried as well. Her last name was different in other words, and what was the point? I was often alone. I was probably easily abductable, I suppose. Uh, it's probably not a word, but you get my drift. Nothing like that ever happened again, but a few weeks later, I did get a really strange feeling after coming home from the used bookstore. I'd just gotten upstairs and had unlocked my apartment's door when something like a, a trepidation hit me with full force. The living room looked fine. I didn't see or hear anyone, but I got the strongest sense that someone had just been in that room seconds before. When I tried to step forward, every hair on my body suddenly stood straight up and I didn't question it. I just slammed the door, ran down the stairs and I stayed at that library until mum got off work. Maria's family moved a few weeks later but we were there for another year and as far as I know, nothing else happened. Also, I spoke to my mum about this sometime later and she only remembered it but said that she'd gone down and talked to Maria's parents at the time. I didn't know that. Apparently, the guy had also asked if there were any places I might be, like maybe he was fishing for information. The biggest thing though was that he asked using my full name. My dad never used that name and he's the only person in the world who calls me by a certain nickname a shortened version of my longer name. My 11-year-old theorized that maybe he was planning on abducting me and calling Maria's house, posing as my dad so that when I disappeared, my dad would be suspected. He may have known just enough about me to know that my parents were separated, but not enough to understand certain details, like my nickname or my parents' situation. Whatever the case, it's something that has stuck with me and it puzzles me, but... At the same time, it really freaks me out. So this happened when I was 17. I worked briefly at a truck stop. I literally worked there a week and a half, so the only person that I got to know while I was there was the janitor. We had talked on breaks and he smoked with me once. He was a shorter guy probably 5'5 five five and had a smaller frame and he was probably in his late 40s. He has scraggly hair down to his shoulders and thinning on top. Not that it matters, I'm just painting a picture I guess. But I'm a pretty big girl, I'm tall and built like a, a brick house. And if anyone was the imposing one, it was me. I never at any point thought of him as scary or anything. Just thought that he was a, a nice older guy. So after I stopped working there, a few weeks had passed and I was fueling up in my car and he came up to me and we talked and he told me about his great weed that he had and if I gave him a ride home after work, I might get some. I didn't think anything of it and I drove him home. He rolled a joint and made me a drink that was about two fingers full but he didn't have a chaser so I only took a small sip. And well, he put his hand on my leg and then tried to put my hand on his junk. And at that moment, my head started swimming and I got this gut feeling and it was fear, pure fear. I felt faint and shot up off the couch and headed for the door. He did everything but physically stopped me from leaving. I can't remember exactly what he said but I moved him from in front of the door and I just left. 
When I got out, it had already been snowing all day and there wasn't a car on the road. I got about half a mile from my apartment and after that, I have absolutely no clue what happened. I woke up the next morning in my basement on the cold concrete floor and again, I, I just don't remember anything from that night. I actually saw him again after I had met my husband and he angrily stomped up to me and said, I thought that you were gay and I was really scared of guys. I must have told him that I was gay or something, I don't know, but I'm 39 and I still think about this situation from time to time and I often wonder, what the heck happened that night? What I do know is that I was probably roofied, but what I don't know is how the heck did I end up on that concrete floor? A few years ago, I, a 19-year-old female at the time, used to live in apartments across the street from a grocery store. I worked nights and needed to get a few groceries after work in the AM at one point, and if I didn't need many things, I would just walk instead of drive. But this was one such occasion. So, it was early enough, I'd say maybe 8am-ish. I'm browsing the store, I grabbed a, a really nice measuring cup, I think, Sort of like an impulse buy, I guess. But this will be important later on too. Toward the end of my shopping, I'm grabbing the last few items and I pass this same man at least twice. It could have been more before I started to notice, but he would pass me and dip into the aisle right behind the aisle that I would go in. The last thing I needed was milk, which was at the back of the store. Again, I passed this guy. On my way to the checkout stands, I decided not to get the measuring cup. Here comes this guy again, going into the aisle right behind the aisle that I went in. The measuring cup was at the front of the aisle and I was there no more than 10 seconds I would guess before. I was out of the aisle going to the checkout stands and the guy was out of his aisle and passed me again. I continued on to the self-checkouts that were currently full so I stood in line. And you know how people talk about like gut feelings? Well, I suddenly just feel extremely sick, like I was going to vomit and even got a cold sweat. I turned around and saw that same guy right behind me. His basket looked empty or only had a couple of things. I was too panicked to really count, but people were lined up behind me and my self-checkout became available. I glanced at my shopping basket and very audibly said, Ah, oh, shoot like I forgot something and I went off back into the store in a hurry. I'm pretty sure that it would have been out of place for him to suddenly follow me, but I don't know exactly what he did. I didn't look back. I circled around the entire store and came back to the checkout lines that were empty now. I quickly scanned all of my items and I rushed out of the store among the small crowd of the other shoppers. And that was when I saw a brown paneled van parked near the entrance. I'm almost 100% sure that I saw the same guy sitting in the front seat too, but I could have just been paranoid, I know. He was looking down and I'm guessing at a phone, but I ducked behind a different parked car and almost sprinted back to my apartment. I was definitely being followed that day and the fact that he was sitting right there at the entrance in a van of all things, I don't know, something just didn't feel right. To this day, that is the most intense gut feeling that I've ever had and to be honest, I'm really glad that I listened to it. 
This happened about five years ago. I lived in an apartment at the time and worked at night. And when I got home, there was no available parking spots. So as a last resort, I parked across the street in like a small business plaza. This plaza has about three small businesses inside, I would guess. But after parking, I went home and played some games and watched some TV shows for a couple of hours. Then started doing my routine to get ready for sleep. And that's when I realized I forgot my inhaler in the car. I have mild asthma. So I walked to my car in that small business plaza around 3 in the morning. After grabbing my inhaler, I walked towards the end of the plaza when I noticed an object to my right but didn't see what it was because it was too dark. Right at that moment, I heard a sound to my left and out of nowhere from the bushes, a tall man came out and literally power walked right past me. He walked like just three feet away from me and then he went into the bushes to the right I went home thinking, what the heck was that about? The next morning though, I go to my car to move it out of the plaza. And that's when I realized that that small object that I saw that I couldn't make out in the dark was actually the head of a cat. It was placed purposefully because the head was upright. There was no blood and the body was nowhere in sight. But just seeing that reminded me of that weird dude that popped out from the bushes the previous night. This happened when I was only about maybe eight or nine. My father and I went to Duke's farm in New Jersey for a, a Cub Scout event and after the event we walked around the estate with a friend and his father. We were walking by the stables and there was this mansion now removed behind these gates we all decided that it would be fun to see what it was all about, so we went past the gates. But I started getting this, I don't know, like anxious feeling when we entered the gates. I presumed though that it was from entering a restricted area and not wanting to break the rules. As we got closer to this mansion, I get this horrifying feeling of terror and start crying and begging my dad to leave. At the time, I didn't know why this was happening and was scared for my life all of a sudden but years later my father tells me his experience from that day and according to him he froze in fear as well he described it as evil entering him and apparently told the evil that i'm a follower of god and he will protect me he was scared as well but not as worried as me but he felt this sensation like something was trying to take control we got out of there as quickly as we could and kind of brushed off the experience to be honest. And he didn't want to tell me until maybe a few years ago because he didn't want to scare me as a kid. Now, I've never been crazy into religion and I'm very skeptical when it comes to paranormal experiences like this. But this experience was, I don't know, just so real to me and sort of opened my eyes to what might be out there. And with my dad, who I've never really known to be a liar or anything, confirming these feelings with the way that he did, I don't know. I think that there was something going on at that place. Something evil. So I'm now 36 and I'm married. I live in another state, but... We've been together for 10 years and have had a dog for 9 of those 10 years. 
when this last experience happened to me, I was around 19 to 20 years old and living in my parents' house. It was our second house that we lived in as a family and it was only a few years after we moved in did I experience this. I'm not religious or someone who believes in the afterlife, but I also acknowledge phenomenon that we can't explain in energy that surrounds us. So the first time I remember experiencing anything strange or paranormal, I was about seven years old. At the time, I had really bad asthma, so we thought that it actually turned out to be mold or asbestos in the school that I was at. I was on a bunch of medications as I stopped breathing a few times from my condition. Since leaving that school, I was never diagnosed with asthma or any medication whatsoever. But our first house was my parents' first house they purchased and I was born in. They bought it from a couple who was going through a divorce, I think, and it was one level and my bedroom was diagonally across from my parents' room. All of a sudden, one night too, after my mum put me to bed, she would leave my door slightly open so I was able to see in the hall in my parents' bedroom. I would be laying in the bed, looking into their room, and within moments, the pitch black room would start changing to all different colours rapidly and then would settle and from it... The figure or outline of a man in all black. I couldn't see his facial features or clothes. I just knew that it was a man. And all black would form from these colors and slowly start walking towards the threshold of my room. The first time that this happened, obviously I freaked out and was screaming for my parents. But they would always come and nothing would be there. This went on for about a year in fact and... The most I ever watched was one time I didn't look away as the figure actually stepped into my room. But then I got so scared I would go under the covers and face my wall. I slept like that for a year until my mum took me to some woman that I don't know. She might have been a medium or a psychologist or something and she had me draw the figure on a piece of paper in jail and put in a shoebox in my room and keep it there. Shortly after being out of that school and doing that... All of these things stopped happening to me and I ended up being in that room and house another seven years until we moved. I never had another experience after that. I never even really thought about that year again, my whole life really growing up until I was about 19. But we had just recently moved to another home, once again bought from a couple who had divorced. This house always had a, a really weird sort of cold feeling to it. And one night, I was out with friends just getting food. We weren't drinking or anything of that nature, just a low-key night. I remember I came home around 10pm and went upstairs to my bedroom. My room was on the second floor and in the middle of the floor, my siblings' rooms were on either side of mine and the master bathroom and bedroom at the end of the hall. And I remember I came home, played some video games for a bit and then shut the lights off and laid down to go to sleep. It was a tiny room and my bed was parallel to the door. I remember too that I fell asleep fast and hard. I don't remember the time or why even, but eventually I wake up facing the door. Slowly my eyes are adjusting to the darkness and I see a figure standing in front of my closed door. I rub my eyes some more and see a, a tall black figure in what I can only describe as a generic striped prison clothes standing there. And I instantly shot up in bed and go to scream and all in that split second, the figure rushed towards me, put its hand around my throat and chokes me. 
I can't scream or make a sound and then instantly I wake up. I'm laying in bed facing the door sweating and the room is completely empty. At this point I'm kind of shook up. I, I go down the hall to the bathroom to splash some water on my face and that was when I notice a handprint around my throat that does not match mine. Now, I don't know what to believe or think at this point. It was strange because I was shaken up, but not enough that it kept me up all night or anything. I didn't know what just happened or how to explain it, but I told myself that it was just a bad dream and I went back to my room and went to sleep. I never really told anyone about this before and nothing like that has ever happened to me since then too. I've moved a bunch of times in my life. I collect antiques and vintage items and I love horror films and anything paranormal or ghost hunting related. And still, I don't practice any spiritual or religious beliefs, so I really don't know what to think of this. But after reading up and listening to other people's stories more and more about the paranormal, it's something that has always interested me. I don't consider myself someone who is easily spooked, I felt at this point in my life that I would like to share these experiences here and see what people think, what their opinions on all of that might have been. To this day, I've never really personally ever come to a conclusion on what all of that was. I always just chalked up what happened to me when I was seven as a combination of the medicines that I was taking and the mold or asbestos that I was inhaling while in that school. And then the event later in life, I guess I just rule out a sleep paralysis. I don't know. Any feedback, opinions, and insight is much appreciated, and yeah, I hope that it just never happens again. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now... All you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.